sometimes a victim, when they have been victimized for so long, they are so insecure, they don't want to speak out because, you know, they might have it in their head that they're really not being abused because that's what their partner has told them. So they don't want to speak out. But if they have somebody over here that has seen it or has witnessed it or knows what's going on, and even just a little affirmative word, like, I know what you're going through, and it is not okay. Everybody deserves a happy, healthy relationship. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Tinker Talks, the audio format podcast that talks about everything inside the fence of Tinker Air Force Base. I'm your host for this episode, April McDonald, and today I am joined by Misty Feller, who is the Domestic Abuse Victim Advocate in Family Advocacy. Good morning, Misty. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, April. Thank you for having me. Yes. You are not new to Tinker, but you're new to the Domestic Abuse Victim Advocate role. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for asking. Um, I was actually employed at Tinker um, as a contractor from 2003 to 2006. Um, I worked for the engineering contract CACI and SAIC um, for the F-100 engines over in 3001. Um, It was actually my supervisor at the time, um, Griselda Loycraft. She was a branch chief at the time. Um, She encouraged me and and supported me a lot uh, to uh, continue with my education and ultimately get to the position where I'm at today. All right. So we're talking today about um, Domestic Violence Abuse Month. And so you are the Domestic Abuse Victim Advocate. Can you describe your role? Yes, ma'am. For short, Domestic Abuse Victim Advocate is the DAVA. Um, So my job is to advocate and empower victims of domestic abuse. Uh, First and foremost, I work with the safety of the victim or the survivor. Um, We develop safety plans. Uh, Victims or survivors can contact me at any time for support, services, um, and information regarding domestic abuse. Um, They have the choice to make a restricted or an unrestricted report. A restricted report can be made um, if it does not put the victim or the survivor in danger. And I use the, the terms interchangeably, victim and survivor, because once you're a victim, unfortunately, you're always a victim, but you're always also a survivor. So I try to use those interchangeably. Um, a restricted report means that a report is taken and documented um, with a DAVA through Family Advocacy Program, or FAP. The victim or the survivor can receive services through myself, the DAVA, by way of education, support, advocacy, and empowerment. A restricted report does not notify law enforcement or command, um, and a restricted report can only be made um, to the DAVA, to medical personnel, um, or to family advocacy staff. Um, A restricted report can never become, I mean, I'm sorry, it can become unrestricted, but an unrestricted report can never go back to being restricted. Um, The purpose of a restricted report is to allow the victim or the survivor to make a report that something has occurred or has happened, and it gives the opportunity for assistance um, and many other resources. An unrestricted report allows for all of those same services from myself, from the DAVA, 
um, plus the support from family advocacy, uh, mental health if needed, and also allows law enforcement and command to be, mar- be made aware of the situation, which also brings in more services that way. Um, when command is involved, sometimes a no-contact order can be requested, um, which enables the victim or the survivor to, um, it gives a, a layer of safety that will enable the victim or the survivor to then request a civilian protective order, um, and then, you know, what, whatever is needed from there afterwards. Um, an, un- an unrestricted report also enables law enforcement, which can include local law enforcement, security forces, or OSI to become in- involved if warranted. Um, and a-, a lot of times, um, well, domestic abuse is no laughing matter. So a lot of times an investigation is definitely what is warranted and to keep, um, to keep the victim safe. And if there's dependents, we also want to keep them safe as well. Right, right. Do you work with military and civilians? Yes, I work with both military, um, active duty veterans. Um, I work with civilians. I work with contractors. Um, anybody basically who has base access, I, I can assist. Um, that's not to say I, I, I do have a 24-hour hotline that I man. Um, and anybody that calls, I, it can be I, it can be anybody. I mean, in the Tulsa area, anybody who has my number can call and say, hey, I need help and I'm going to do my best to assist them. Sometimes that might mean, you know, getting them to outside resources um, or or something like that, but I'm always available to help anybody who calls. Okay. Okay. And domestic violence doesn't just happen in certain communities to certain people, does it? Oh, no. Domestic abuse does not discriminate at all. Uh, people of any race, age, gender, sexuality, religion, education level, um, and I- economic status can be a victim or even a perpetrator of domestic abuse. Um, every person deserves a life free of domestic abuse. Um, the military defines domestic abuse um, as a pattern or behavior resulting in emotional, psychological abuse, economic control, um, and or, or interference with personal liberty that is directed toward a person who is a current or former spouse, a person with who the abuser shares a child in common, or a current or former intimate partner with whom the abuser shares or has a shared common docile. Um, Domestic abuse, it can be just violence, um, but usually it is also included with mental abuse, psychological abuse, financial abuse, emotional abuse, pet abuse, um, domestic violence in front of children is child neglect, um, things like that. Okay. Covers, covers a lot. Yes. For sure. Every aspect. Yes. Has the coronavirus pandemic had any impact on the number of domestic violence cases? It has in a very negative way. Um, more incidents are being reported. More cases are being investigated. Um, the shutdown caused a lot of tension in many households. Um, it exacerbated domestic abuse. Stress has been very high for the last two years regarding COVID-19. You know, not knowing, not understanding, not knowing what's coming. Um, people have lost jobs. They've lost financial security. And and on top of that, it just it creates this tension and stress in your house. And if, if you have no other outlet or you don't know the resources available to you, um, then, then that tension is going to escalate and unfortunately sometimes end in domestic abuse right right covid is i'm i'm over it i know everybody's over it but it's just been it's been a mess for every aspect of life i think yes definitely so what signs do i need to look for to recognize someone is being abused by their partner 
That's a really great question. Um, because every relationship is different um, and domestic abuse doesn't always look the same, um, there are several different characteristics you can look for. Um, so a couple of those, um, well, I guess a, a good particular characteristic of domestic abusive relationship is when the abusive partner tries to gain or even establish power and control. Um, that's through different methods and can occur at any different time. Um, it could look like an abuser telling a victim that they can't do anything right, um, showing extreme jealousy, isolating from friends or family, um, or even wanting to monopolize all of the victim's time. Um, an abuser can be insulting, demeaning. They can be shameful, um, especially in front of other people. Um, an abuser will prevent a victim from making their own decisions or they're not allowed to attend school or gain employment. They control finances without discussion um, or only allow certain um, allowances at a time. They might demand receipts. Um, an abuser can also pressure or coerce and even force a victim to have sex or perform sexual act acts that they are not comfortable with um, or that they have said no to. An abuser may pressure a victim to use drugs or alcohol. They may use certain looks or certain words um, to keep victims in check or in line. Um, they may threaten to harm a victim, a pet, um, a child, and even themselves. A, a lot of times an abuser, um, when, when faced with the reality that their victim is planning on leaving or that their victim has said, you know, I want a divorce or something like that, um, a lot of times an abuser will often then threaten suicide as a means to control the victim from leaving. Um, they also could destroy belongings throughout the house. There are just so many, so many red flags. I, I mean, I could teach a class on, on the red flags to look for um, in an unhealthy relationship. Just have to be um, really cognizant and pay attention to, to notice, you know, differences in people around you. Yes. To, and then it, I think it's important to ask you know, are you okay? What's going on? Yes. And are you safe? Like that. What yes. can we do to help keep you safe? Um, yes. I work with so many safety plans. Um, I, generally, every time I talk to a, a victim, we are assessing safety um, because that is first and foremost. We can't do anything else if, if a victim is not safe or does not feel safe. Right. Because we don't want to jeopardize that. Right. Are men on the receiving end of domestic violence? Uh, most definitely. Um I will, I will say I brought, I brought some statistics here. Um, one in four women and one in ten men experience sexual violence, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner during their lifetime. Um, approximately one in five female victims and one in 20 male victims need care. Um, one in nine victims, one in nine male victims will need legal assistance, whereas one in uh, four or five women um, would need legal assistance. Part of that, I, I believe, I guess since the st statistics show that nearly twice as many women are a victim, it, there's still an issue or a stigma attached with, with a male being a victim. Um, so to say that, you know, only one in 10 men is a victim may be a little bit outdated. Um, and instead, maybe we should say one in 10 have reported um, because it's more than likely happening. But because of the stigma around men reporting or men being viewed 
as as weak because here they are a victim of, of domestic abuse, you know, with the way that society looks at them, they're not wanting to report. Right. Um, unfortunately, the, the only way to do that is to bring more awareness to it and say, you know, we know, we know you're a victim. You just need to come forward so that we can help you. We don't want you to be in this situation. You know, there's there are lots of resources um, available to men who are victims of domestic abuse. Um, I can help with, you know, getting all of that together and, and, and pointing them in the right direction or, or helping out with, with whatever. Um, I just feel like we need to remove that stigma as a society, um, much like many other things that the world is facing today. But we're here talking about domestic abuse, so obviously that is, that is one that we, we are greatly impacted by. Definitely. We need to stop thinking. I mean, we need to start taking complaints seriously from yes. men and not just brush them off because I, I'm sure you're right that it happens a lot more often than, than they let us know that it does. Yes, So definitely. If I suspect my coworker or friend is being abused, what steps can I take to get them help but ensure they stay safe? Yes, safety is a big thing. So if it is safe to do so, um, you know, just just let them know that you're there, that you see what's going on. You're there to lend a listening ear. You're there to offer support if they're ready to talk about it. Um, there are uh, services, there are resources. Um, they can reach out to outside community resources. You can offer to call a hotline with them. You could call the DAVA hotline. You could call the national hotline. Um, you could even talk to command if, if necessary and, you know, let them know what's going on and make them aware. You can report it to FAP if you know family advocacy, if you know of a, of a particular incident that has occurred, um, then we can start looking into it. Um, you can report it to me and I can be their first contact. Um, uh, there are local domestic violence resources. Uh, Palomar is a great one that we use for Oklahoma County. Uh, Palomar has many things related to domestic violence. They partner with so many local resources um, that are housed inside of Palomar, so they are immediately av available to the victims that step inside those doors. Um, you know, at Palomar, they are treated with dignity and respect where they should be at all points of their life. Um, so they're immediately met with affirming words. Um, when, a, when a victim walks into a, a domestic violence shelter or, or something like that, they don't always know what they need. They, don't, they just know that they want out. They want help. Um, so being able to go to Palomar, they have people there who specialize in, in just domestic abuse, and that is what they are there for. So they can say, look, we've got the why. We've got legal assistance. You know, they just have a plethora. They have counseling um, Palomar is, is a great resource to have in Oklahoma County. Outside of Oklahoma County, we have women's, women's resources centers available. Um, there's some in Pottawatomie County out in Shawnee. There's some in Cleveland County in Norman. Um, in the surrounding areas in Canadian County, there's a women's shelter in um, El Reno. Um, just in the surrounding neighborhood, just reaching out to any of these in these resources um, can kind of give you an idea of, of how to help a, a friend or a coworker. Um, basically, you know, the, the thing, if you see something, say something, right. let it be known. Sometimes a victim, when they have been victimized for so long, they are so insecure. They don't want to speak out because, you know, they might have it in their head that they're really not being abused because that's what their partner has told them. So they don't want to speak out. 
but if they have somebody over here that has seen it or has witnessed it or knows what's going on and even just a little affirmative word like I know what you're going through and it is not okay everybody deserves a happy healthy relationship um, I, I'm, I'm going to take out the word happy because not every relationship is always happy because we do have, you know, bumps in the road, <laughs> right. but healthy, healthy relationships. Yes, yes. So um, do I need to get their permission to talk to you first? Or if I suspect something, can I just say, Misty, I suspect this is going on and here's the person Yes. As the DAVA, you can call me. You don't have to give me any details. You can say, look, I've got this um, airman or I've got this coworker, this civilian coworker, this contractor worker, and here's their name and their number. They might want, they might be okay with you giving them a call, you know, and, and I can, I can reach out and do that. You can also provide them with my contact information, um, with family advocacy. Uh, they can reach me through there, through my 24 hour hotline. Um, I'm going to say that not always is it safe to give a victim a, a phone number or anything written um, just because it might endanger their safety a little bit more. So being able to be a little bit open and, and saying, hey, can I give you this resource or would it be okay? Um, you can also do that as well. Um, okay. Sometimes having their permission is, is way better, um, but sometimes they're not always willing to give it. So if, if, if they do need help, then you can make that anonymous referral as well. Okay. All right. Is Family Advocacy hosting any events to promote Domestic Violence Awareness Month? Yes. Thanks for asking. Um, I, uh, myself and a, and a co-worker, went at the beginning of the month and collected some silent witnesses um, from the Oklahoma Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Um, I got 10 of them. A silent witness is a cardboard cutout of a real-life victim who has died by um, an act of domestic abuse. Um, so we got 10 of them. There were, I, I'm going to say, probably over 100 to choose from. So me actually shuffling through and, and picking out them was a, was a big feat. Um, reading their, their stories, um, where they came, what, what has happened to them, and then what legislation, what legal looks like after that, if there was any kind of um, consequence or, you know, if... if and inevitably, if they, quote, got away with it or if they were held accountable. Um, and so, like, a, you know, earlier we were talking about domestic abuse does not discriminate. So out of my 10, I chose men and women and children. Um, so we have quite of a variety to show the impact that domestic violence has on, on people in the United States. Um, it's kind of enlightening. Um, they are displayed in our medical group um, at the clinic on base. Um, there are, I, I'm going to say, like five downstairs and five upstairs. And so if you get a chance, if you're in the neighborhood, um, get out there, tour them, look at their stories, read what they have to say. It's very, it's very eye-opening and enlightening. Yes, I've, I've seen those before and read them, and it's, it's heartbreaking yes. also. But it's, it is very eye-opening that... You know, this goes on all around us, and we don't often pay attention to it or see it. That's so. right. A couple of extra things that we are doing um, is uh, publishing some articles um, through um, electronic or um, displaying them also in the atrium. 
Um, I am also going to be operating a, a table on Monday, the 18th, outside of the BX, uh, just to raise awareness, give some, provide some information, some education about the impacts of domestic violence, where to go for help, um, how domestic violence affects children, um, things like that. Also, um, family advocacy is in the um, business of prevention, so a big way to help raise awareness for domestic abuse is to is is prevention. So family advocacy offers several prevention opportunities. Um, a during COVID, you know, when people are home with their with their children because schools were out, um, babies are being born, stuff like that. We have a new parent support program. Um, this is a program um, that is offered only to active duty militaries and their dependents. Um, but it is a great support system. A, a registered nurse will come out to the household from the time from pregnancy through the uh, through three years and can assist with normal routine things, um, things that you know you might want to call and ask a doctor about, especially for new parents. Right. My, my child is running a 98 or 99.9 fever. What do I do? They can call this registered nurse and the registered nurse will, will walk them through what they need to do if that results in the nurse coming out or if the nurse tells them, yeah, you need to go to the emergency room or, or something like that. Um, family advocacy also offers um, counseling programs. Um, so for, for spouses and individuals if needed um, or for engaged couples, there is a prep class. Um, it uh, basically is how to fight fair um, fight healthy. You um, you get this little floor. It's it's a little magnet, and it looks like a floor. And the speaker has the floor. And so while the speaker is speaking, the speaker has the floor. And then when it's the listener's turn, then the listener gets the floor, rephrases, and then you know you can follow out and and continue like that. But like just another way to connect um, and be able to prevent the. Um, the, the buildup, the tension building right. phase. Yeah. Right. That's very, very important. Yes. Oh, one other thing. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're fine. On the 21st, I believe, it's a, a Thursday on the 21st, we are trying to get the word out everybody across base should wear purple for um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Okay. I will pull out my purple. Perfect. <laughs> so, how do people get in touch with you? Oh, they can reach me by calling Family Advocacy here at Tinker. Um, that number is 405-582-6604. Um, I also man that 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hotline uh, for emergencies. Um, it is with me at all times, um, so you you know exactly who you're getting when you call. That number is 405-256-2825. All right. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to add? Um, yes, I would like to um, add that I began a support group for women here on base. Um, it is called Women Supporting Women, and it's a group of women to get together to talk about healthy relationships, um, to share similar experiences, um, and things like that. The We meet on Tuesdays from 3 to 4. It is at a confidential location, though, to ensure the safety of every person who attends. So if anybody is uh, would like to get more information about that or to sign up, they can give me a call at Family Advocacy. Um, I also, I, uh, I spent this past weekend, I binge-watched a show on Netflix called The Maid. And I just kind of want to give a little shout-out to that because it is a very real portrayal 
of a victim of domestic abuse who is trying to get out. And so a, a lot of, of people that I, um, I have provided education to, you know, they, they want to know, well, well, why do they stay or why do they go back? This show on the series on Netflix is a really great representation of things that can go wrong when a victim decides to leave um, and, and why a victim would go back home. Um, so it was, it's very, um, eye-opening and I, if anybody is interested in, in learning more, gaining a little bit of education, then I, I would recommend that series to them. All right. I've always thought, you know, it, it should be easy to, well, not necessarily easy to leave, but why would you go back? And that's, that's always been a question. Yes. But I, I understand the, the mental part of it too, that, you feel like you have to, or they might harm themselves or something else. And yes. it's just, it's, it's a lot to work out. Yes. I'm sure. A big part of that is, um, I, I would say financial aspect when, when there, when the victim is a, is a female and there is a child involved. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's financial reasons because the, the mother has usually been a stay at home mom or something like that and doesn't right. have the funds available to leave. And, you know, there's, there's just nowhere else for them to go. So we do have shelters, but you know, a lot of shelters in, in Oklahoma, especially they have a 28 to a 30 day, you know, stay. Um, right. and after that, you've got to find somewhere else. And, if you're unable to work because your child can't go to school because of COVID, you know, you, you just have, you have no financial means. Mm-hmm. So there are so many different aspects that, and that's just one, that's just one aspect of right. why a person would go back. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and, and talking about this tough um, topic. Yeah. We really appreciate your insight Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Well, good. I'm I'm glad you were able to come over today. So we are on social media. You can follow us on social media at Facebook and Instagram at Tinker Air Force Base or on Twitter at Team underscore Tinker. Or you can check us out on our website at www.tinker.af.mil. And if If anybody who is listening is facing domestic abuse of any kind, please give Misty a call and and let's get you out of that situation as safely as possible. So everybody have a good day. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.